You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to the Tinderbox. We are the podcast for Matchsticks and Gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. Mark, Maddie, Gordy here this afternoon, talking flames. How's everybody doing this afternoon? Lovely. Very good. Excellent. Uh, a little better than the flames, though. Calgary drops a 5-3 decision last night to the San Jose Sharks. Um, not exactly Calgary's best game all around uh, defensively. Not a masterpiece by any stretch of the imagination. I believe Daryl Sutter's quote was, the six defensemen looked like they were playing in an exhibition game. Uh, Maddie, your thoughts on the Flames' uh, two-goal loss after having a 3-1 lead in uh, San Jose last night? You know, I think I'm just broken by how badly things are going for the Flyers right now that I look at that and I'm like, it wasn't that bad. Maybe we should all root for a second team just so it doesn't look terrible, right? Yeah. What <laughs> uh, uh, are your thoughts last night? Offensively, the Flames looked okay. The power play was atrocious. The penalty kill was a nightmare. But um, Goudreau looked good. Kachuk looked good. Uh, that third line was good last night, right? Yeah, like the Flames have had only maybe a handful of games this year where they've been pretty unwatchable. But two of them have been San Jose and Aiden Hill now, so... Might have to start being a little worried when they come up on the schedule now. But yeah, like the forwards honestly had a pretty good game last night. They built up a 3-1 lead. The scoring was looking pretty good. And I think Daryl's assessment was fine. The The defense really let the team down last night, I thought. Yeah, um, the, the two big names getting absolutely destroyed on the interwebs are Nikita Zadorov and Erica Branson. And um, I think if anybody's listened to any of the podcasts on this podcast little network we have here i've defended them because i thought they've played reasonably well for a bottom defensive pairing you're not gonna you don't expect them to be your two best defensemen but um they did not have good games last night right not great no and, and even the turnover stats at the end i think it showed like that zadorov had none and gabranson had one but it it looked worse than that right gordy they're just they're just both so not fleet of foot that when they look bad, they just look really slow and two moving towers out there. Yeah, and I think it was the the penalties too that didn't help either. Each of them took a penalty, which led to a power play goal uh, for San Jose. But I think the the thing that's I don't know if it's gotten lost, but it hasn't been talked about because when you you know you type in Calgary Flames into Twitter, which is not always the best thing to do, um, it's Goodbranson Zadorov. The hate is. It's just the it's visceral. It's you know it's it's at a twelve instead of an eight. Um, but like Michael Backlund broke his stick blocking a shot, trying to clear the puck, and instead of staying out there and playing with no stick, took off the ice, presented a five on three. Carolina scores immediately. What what was that all about? I mean, that should be talked about a little bit, right? Yeah, I, I like. Hate... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say he just turned off his brain. I have no idea. Right, Gordy? I mean, like, hey, I broke my stick. You know, I'm just going to sub myself out and leave it at a five on three. 
I hate that play. It's the it's the worst thing in hockey. You take yourself out for ten seconds to get a new stick, and you come back. Yeah, some of those guys get caught out for two or three minutes at a time, and they're they're just pylons out there. It's a it's a bad move. Yeah, it just everything just seemed to like when it went bad, it went bad last night. Um, the power play again was you know it looked semi dangerous at times, and the Flames put what forty three shots on net last night. Um, you know Hill had to make some they had to make some stops, but like. I felt like the Flames were too cute with the puck last night, even though they put that many shots on net. I don't feel like they had a ton of quality shots. Um, San Jose blocked a ton. I mean, they had a, they had four or five really big blocks in the third period. Uh, Maddie, it, it seems stupid to say shoot the puck more when you took forty three shots, right? But it looked like it was it was too much dancing with the puck last night. Yeah, it's um quantity in shots is always great, but you know you do have to be a little bit more decisive with the plays you're making and like actually make things a little harder on the goalie. Um, I I don't know that they did an excellent job of that last night. No. And also you hear NFL stats too. Like when a quarterback throws more than 40 times, the team usually loses. Cordy, the flames haven't won a game where they've taken 40 plus shots. That makes no sense to me. (laughs) One they they scored all three of their goals last night, right in front of Hill. And then it felt like once they started to rack up the shots in the third, they were all coming from range. They stopped doing what Mm -hmm. actually beat him. He's not a very mobile goalie, but they just like, they were getting pretty good chances, but they weren't getting the chances they needed to, to score. Yeah. Like you said, all their goals were in close. Like, I mean, the Gaudreau goal was beautiful. Just the setup for that, like Kachuk's pass to him. He goes forehand to backhand, picks that top corner and that stuff seemed to work. And then the rest of the night, it was Zadorov, Goodbranson, Shillington, Anderson, just firing shots from the top of the circle of the blue line that weren't even coming close to the night. I mean, I think I tweeted last night. I'm like, I feel like Anderson has taken over for uh, for um, Giordano as the guy who just winds up and fires and it goes six feet wide of the net every time he shoots. Um, you know, so uh, obviously they're going to lose games, right? The, the flames weren't going 82 and oh, these things are going to happen. Uh, is it just because it's back to back that it seems like we're like, oh no, like people seem to think the sky is falling, Maddie, or is it just like, who cares? They lost a couple games, get over it. Yeah, it's uh, I guess when things are going well overall, you have to find something to be upset about, like yeah. everything has to equalize at a certain point, but yeah, I, I'm not too too fussed about it i think they're gonna be just fine but it's like not an awesome stretch here and gordy is it also bad because it's back-to-back in the division where the flames have been kind of like when they've played out west and within their own division where they've absolutely rolled through the east so maybe this hope if they do get to the cup finals yeah they can handle the east but first off they got to get through their own teams to get there well, and 100%, and it's also teams that they can't seem to be. Like we said, San Jose was a pretty ugly loss at the end of a homestand earlier this year, and I'm sure we're going to talk about later. They absolutely cannot and have never won in Vegas and have barely beat them, period. So, yeah, like losing to those teams over and over as divisional opponents is is not a good feeling, and it does make these hurt a little extra. Now, as we, we could flip on, too, to the road trip, um, you know, Calgary took four on the road. That's not an easy trip, like going through California, you know, when you got to deal with the Ducks who young, oddly, weird to say, young plucky Ducks team, um, you know, played Calgary really well, uh, took them to a shootout, which apparently that's the way to go now, I guess. Just go to the shootout. Yeah, go, Maddie. Sidebar, did we see the the goal Trevor Zegras set up last night? 
that thing was ridiculous. Like as a lacrosse guy, I was like, oh, it's a quick stick. That was amazing. Just like tossing it over and like slapping it in. That thing was it, it, the look on his face was like, I can't believe that worked. Like, it's like, so good. Gordy, you got any thoughts on that? Like, I mean, I know traditionalists like whatever, but hockey needs more fun stuff like that, right? Uh, personally, I like that a lot more than the Svechnikov, Svechnikov goal because it's not, you know, bringing the stick at the goalie's head. He makes the nice play to bring it over the net and then someone else whacks in. I thought it was an awesome, you know, nonverbal communication. And yeah, I don't know how that doesn't end up as a goal of the year. Yeah, the picture of him on the NHL.com uh, front page was just like, oh my God, <laughs> can you believe I just did that? Like, and just the hand-eye coordination on his part to get it up on a stick and to toss it over and then to bat it in below the crossbar, like not making it a high stick. It, it was, the whole thing was just so cool to watch happen. It was awesome, but you know, whatever, screw the ducks. So anyway, um, <laughs> so like Calgary goes into Anaheim. They've now won three in a row there. It seems like the Anaheim curse is, over-ish you know they're playing well 4-3 uh shootout win la was a tough 3-2 game those are games the flames need to win but then they rolled down to vegas and it looks like calgary forgot to play hockey um and then last night 3-1 lead and just it all just kind of fell apart dumb penalties sloppy play bad shot selection uh too much too much fancy stuff just um should we still be happy though with a, with a 500 road trip? I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's four out of eight. It's not the best, but you know, I think Michael and I said, if they got five or six on the road, so like a point off, like not a bad road trip overall. Right. Yeah, I think it's fine. And you know, in an 82 game season, you're going to have a handful of games where it's just like, they just don't have it tonight. And that's the way yeah. it goes. Um, it sucks that it's against divisional opponents, yeah. but like, <laughs> It happens sometimes, you know. Uh, Gordy, at what point do we start to worry about the Flames and how they play within their division and in, within the conference? Because they've got some, I mean, they got a stretch coming up where they've got Anaheim, they got the Kraken, they got the Oilers, they got the Kraken, they got the Jets. I mean, you know, the, the Wild are going to come knocking at some point. Like they've, they got to kind of put it together in the West. Yeah, and I, I think they definitely should get credit for getting wins on back to back nights. Like LA and Anaheim certainly aren't you know, division contenders, but they are really good on, you know, you, you don't know what you're going to get out of young players a lot of the time. And I also think they deserve a little bit of leeway for their losses in Vegas and San Jose, because they've, you know, I, I don't know the exact figure, but they've played a majority of their games on the road to this point. And honestly, that Vegas game was the first time I honestly thought they looked tired. And I think that contributed to it a lot. So how they respond coming home and getting, you know, the, the, after back-to-back uh, -back with Chicago and Nashville, they won't have one again for a while. So I, I think how they respond coming back home will, will definitely be very telling. But you're right. Like, you can't keep losing to these divisional opponents when it comes down to these one or two points at the end of the season. Yeah, and it, it's it's been tough for them because they've had such – they've had so many games on the road. I mean, you look at their their road record. They've played – what's that? 18. They're, they're – uh, sorry, 17. They're 11-4-2 on the road. Like that's insane. And they're only four, two and three at home. You know, so they haven't had a lot of success, but they also haven't had a lot of opportunities to play at the Saddle Dome. And then they finally get a home stand and it's two games. It's Carolina, Boston, boom, they're back on the road quickly. So, um, you know, I, I'd like to see them step it up at home, but you honestly, you really can't look at that road record and think, well, you know, the two losses on the road isn't too bad when you're 11, four and two, right? I guess. Yeah. 
but the division record is tough when you're two, four, and one. You know, when you played seven games in the division, you've only won two, and you get you know an overtime loss. That's not exactly uh, where you want to stand. Speaking of losses, uh, Vegas is Vegas new Anaheim. Uh, Calgary is now oh seven and oh, and if I did my math correctly, they've been outscored like what is it, uh, 31 to 3, 31 to 4 in Vegas. It's not been pretty. There's been two 6 nothing shutouts. Um, Maddie, why Vegas? What, what What is it with Vegas? Is it just because it's Vegas, the bright lights and shiny? Do you get the Vegas flu? Or is it just a place they just don't play well? I don't know. I, I mean, like Vegas is, even though they're they're not really living up to, I think, their potential this season so far. Like, you know, they're, they're a tough team. They, they can give you some trouble. Um, so it's not like super surprising that mm-hmm. out of anybody, it would be them. But I don't know. Hockey's weird, man. Yeah, there's just some places and buildings they don't play well. Like they don't typically play well in Boston. Um, they Oddly, the weird times they've struggled in Buffalo at times over the years. Uh, we all know the troubles with that little corridor in the Midwest from Minnesota to St. Louis to Dallas. But uh, Gordy, your thoughts on Vegas? I mean, this, you know, it's a small sample size, obviously. They've only played Vegas 12 times, but they're 3 9 and 0, and they are 0 and 7 in Las Vegas. Yeah, using like Maddie's scale of relative sadness, when you lose 6 <laughs> not 6 nothing multiple times, this last game wasn't that bad. But yeah, like you're saying, like the Flames are averaging like something like barely a goal per game in Vegas. They just cannot score there. And I mean, it helps when you have. Flurry and Leonard's the goalie in all those games. I mean, they were cursed that last game, though. If there is a curse, like Chillington hit the crossbar, Anderson absolutely dangled Leonard. He had an open net, and then the puck just rolls off his toe off the post and then gets pulled out. So there's a lot, there was some, you know, bad stuff going on. Next game, they just got to clear that out of the air and try to get the win, but it's it's not looking good. Now, 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 speaking of open nets, are the Flames going back to that team that couldn't put the puck in an open net for like two or three years? Like, Hannafin missed two open nets in one game. He shot one over the crossbar. Then he hit the post. Like, literally had the whole entire net and just redirected it to the post. Lucic missed a wide open net last night. Like, Anderson, is it, is it just because the, the, the puck looks so big, the net looks like, oh, my God, I'm going to do it. Like, how does that happen? Uh, flames are cursed and regression eventually comes for us all. Fair enough, Gordy. You got a thought on that? Like, I mean, you play hockey. How do you miss an open net? Like, yeah, I I remember. I think it was that Penguins game, the last one in Calgary. And in the first five minutes, they'd hit the post and missed like two empty nets. And they were talking about how good Jari was playing. And I was thinking, like, the Flames have just missed like three empty nets. He's not playing that well. And yeah, it's just a. It's not even like a mental block thing. They just have no no bounces going their ways at certain times this year. Yeah, I'm not a professor of the hockeying by any stretch of the imagination, but if I do the math, the net is six feet wide by about four feet high, and a hockey puck is a couple inches wide. Odds seem in your favor that you could take that little rubber disc and plop it in that gigantic open space, right? But apparently the Flames cannot do that. Um, So, yeah, I mean, looking at the Flames homestand coming up ahead, uh, Carolina and the Bruins coming to town. Um, I just spoke with the people from Kane's country. they're fairly optimistic, you know, cautiously optimistic, not too cocky about it. You know, they they expect it to be good, but maybe not this good. 
Um, is this Calgary's first really big test of the season of a good team that they're going to have to, is this a good barometer to see where Calgary stands, Maddie, taking a, a really good team from the East coming out and, um, you know, visiting the dome? Yeah, I think so. Um, the Canes have definitely had their, some issues injury and COVID wise, I think so far this year, but that's a, a very good team. And, you know, it's not like they're playing over their heads or anything. It's just, they are very talented and being well coached. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be a big test. I mean, much like the flames, they have two good goaltenders, Gordy, um, almost teams that seem to kind of mirror each other. Is it weird that it seems like every time a team gets a COVID outbreak, the flames get them just seems like the flames have had so many games where you write the injury report and there's nobody on the flame side yet. There's a litany of players on the opposition that have COVID neck injuries, uh, uh, you know, so Carolina Gordy big test and, are the Flames also getting lucky with teams this year, like coming in with their injuries? Um, well, you're right as in saying that like they keep meeting these teams right on the edge of like COVID, but I, I think they've only beat Ottawa and the Islanders because they got decimated by that, you know, Sharks team that had like two regulars. Like that was maybe the worst game of the year. So they're, they're getting the chances, I guess, to play weaker teams. But I think we all know the Flames more often than not tend to play down to weaker teams, AHL-type teams, when they meet them. Yeah, that first Sharks game seemed weird. That's a game, I mean, the Flames seemed like they played pretty well in that contest, but, like, to lose to a team that was down 10 regulars, their coach and their trainer, like, the fact that they were that many gone, they, they took care of business with the Islanders. But I, I think Carolina's a big test. I think that'll see where the Flames stand. Um, the Bruins, you know, they're kind of up and down. They've been hit or miss. Calgary really handled them last time they played. Vladar got the 4 nothing shutout. Um, Speaking of Ladar, uh, Gordy, I, I don't think he was terrible last night. I thought, you know, the Carlson goal, maybe, you know, he could have waited him out a little bit more. But again, penalty leads, you know, power play does nothing. Carlson's out of the box and he's on his way in one on one. Um, I don't think Ladar was terrible last night. Do you? No. And we touched on that first goal about Backlund breaking his stick. But do, do you guys think that maybe Sutter should have given Ladar the benefit of the doubt and challenged him on that? Because Ladar looked after the goal like he he really thought it was goalie interference. And on second, like, look, it, it's one of those calls where, you know, the Sharks guy slides into him ever so slightly as the puck goes by. So I was kind of disappointed maybe a little bit that Daryl didn't take a chance on that. He definitely hasn't done that many times. I, th I thought his rebound control was a little off, especially on that the the game-winning goal as well as a couple other times he kicked really big unnecessary rebounds into traffic but other than that no like that Carlson breakaway goal should never happen that was a horrible change by the D and a bad turnover and Carlson's a good player so no I, I wouldn't put too much of last night's loss on Vladar. and Carlson had one of those games last night too Maddie where he was good and bad all at the same time like he was really bad for stretches <laughs> and then all of a sudden he flipped it and turned it on um Thomas Hurt Thomas Hurtle last night uh that's a name Flames fans are throwing about that they really want and um not a bad audition for him last night, no? Definitely not. Um, I They were saying on the broadcast, right, he's been having kind of a, a bit of a weird year, but uh, definitely definitely can do some damage. It looked good to me last night. That hat trick looked fine to me. It did not look weird. But, yeah, it was funny watching Carlson's ups and downs last night where he was just taking penalties or playing bad defense, and then all of a sudden comes roaring back and scores a goal, and all of a sudden it's like, Good Lord, it was like a, a bipolar swing during that 
game for him. Back to your point, Gordy, about Daryl Sutter in the um, non-challenge. I saw that at the broadcast, too, and they brought it up, and Sutter kind of looked like he was hemming and hawing about it because you know how the league is. What is goaltender interference? You could run the goalie over and get nothing, but maybe they challenge that. But if they don't, they got a penalty, and you saw how the penalty kill was last night, so I don't know. Maybe that played a little factor into it, but yeah, it's just just one of those games last night where it's an 82 game season. Those things are going to happen. Um, so you know, it is what it is. We move on. We're going to take a quick break here on the Tinderbox. When we come back, we'll have more Flames talk. We're going to talk a little bit about some milestones that were hit last night. Three Flames players reached some milestones in the game last night. Um, we're going to talk a little Flyers hockey as well. So we will catch you on the other side on the Tinderbox. And welcome back to the Tinderbox. We are the podcast for Matchsticks and Gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. Mark, Maddie, Gordy today. Um, gang, three milestones last night. Gaudreau gets his 180th goal of his NHL career. Matthew Kachuk gets his 300th NHL point. And Adam Rzitka gets his first NHL goal. Um, so in a 5-3 loss, still some things to take away from it, Maddie. Your thoughts on uh, some of those milestones that were reached last night? It's just nice to see. I will take any levity in a loss. Anybody surprised that was Gaudreau's first goal ever in San Jose? Like Just at the amount of goals he scores and how good he is, Gordy. I was shocked to hear on the broadcast that's the first time he's ever scored in San Jose. Yeah, especially in a divisional opponent's arena. Yeah, and uh, Rajitska's goal, uh, talk about like perfect positioning. I mean, he's there for the shot from the point. The rebound gets kicked out. He's right there. He doesn't panic. He takes the puck, he tucks it around Hill and scores the goal. Looked rough against Vegas, but um, looked a little more comfortable last night, maybe? I yeah, think he's... so. Yeah, go ahead. Go, go ahead. Somebody can finish their thought. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, he's just, he's been so good with uh, Stockton this series. Almost had a goal per game with them. By far his best game in the NHL last night. I, before he scored, I think he was standing right in front of the net for a Shillington tip I thought was going in. Yep. He was just, a, he's a huge body. Like if he can really keep himself around the net often and score like that, then he's a hundred percent going to stay in the lineup. I thought he had a really good game. You know, a lot of, you know, you score a goal, your first goal, you're happy. You know, you say all the right things, but what I liked about him last night was he didn't look happy after the game, got his first goal and that was nice, but the team lost and he looked upset. Matty, uh, is this a guy we think that might, you know, stick around for a little bit is, is he any better or worse than Trevor Lewis? Brad Ritchie, uh, Brad Richardson, any of those guys? Uh, I mean, I I definitely think he's done enough to earn himself a long look. Um, I, don't, I don't know how much more you can say than that, but yeah, he's been slick. Gordy said he's been so good in Stockton. I don't know how you can't at this point justify just like seeing what he can do. And he almost has to play well up here, right? With how well everybody else in Stockton is playing. Because if you come up for a two or three game stretch, Gordy, and you do nothing, uh, Jacob Peltier is just sitting right there waiting to get his chance, right? Yeah, I don't know if you guys saw last night, but Stockton set all kind of franchise records. They beat yeah. San Jose 10 to 1 in San Jose. Or no, sorry, yeah. in Stockton. Maybe they should come up and play. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they take down the Barracuda. Maybe they could come up and take down the Sharks. Um, Speaking of call-ups, Uso Velamaki, quick trip down to Stockton, right back up to the NHL. Um, Again, Michael and I, I more than him, defend the bottom defensive pairing because they are what they are. Uh, I'm assuming we're going to see a change against either Carolina or Boston at home where 
Goodbranson and Zadorov will probably get a seat together. We are we thinking we'll see a Michael Stone uh, Uso Valamaki pairing in one of these two games, if not both of them, depending on how they play. Yeah, I think Michael Stone definitely deserves a game on his right or proper side. I don't think he looked all that good on the left side. I was kind of surprised um, Connor Mackey didn't get a call up. He is playing insanely well for the Heat right now. He had two shorthanded goals this weekend, three goals total. He's had, I think he has um, seven points in his last three games. Been by far their best player. Valamaki was also really good in these last couple of games, but yeah, kind of surprised Mackey didn't get the call up. Matty, your thoughts on that? Uh, do we think you're not going to pair Valamaki with Goodbranson or Valamaki with Zadorov? It's going to have to be a a, the, a full switch, right? Yeah, it feels like it. Anything else uh, feels like you're you're playing with fire a little bit. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I want to see them get him back into the lineup. I would just hate to see them sort of yo-yoing him between the AHL and NHL. Like that's just not really productive. I think what's tough for Valamaki too is in the eight games he's played, he's got two points. He's been okay as a defenseman. He hasn't got a ton of time in there. The problem is he's got two big boys ahead of him that are Sutter guys. Those are the guys Sutter wants on the ice. And he's shown that he's more than willing to make lineup changes, to flip things around. I mean, you know, he he put the Coleman, Backlund, Manjapani line back together. Um, you know, he dropped Monahan down. So really the only constant really has been that top line. And then um Hannah and Anderson. So, you know, and, and Tan of Schilling too. So like he's made some moves. Let's put it that way. He's not afraid to do that stuff. But um, I really have to feel like a guy like Valamarki really has to show when he gets his time out there or he's not going to get the chances. Is that a, a decent assumption, Maddie? Yeah, I think that's fair. Gordy, you got a thought on that? Does Valamarki literally have to light the world on fire to keep staying in the lineup? I, I don't think so, actually. I think Daryl looks for a very specific type of game, especially from D-Man. I think if Valimaki goes out and plays mistake-free, that's the, the biggest thing above anything else. I don't think Sutter ever expects or demands points from certain guys, just just they go out and play the right way. Speaking of points from certain guys, uh, Dylan Dubé sort of gets off the schneid last night. Uh, puck went off his stick, deflection goes in, he gets a goal. Is that going to do something for him and boost him? Because like, remember when like they were talking about, oh, you know, you could put Dubé in a deal for uh, Jack Eichel and people were like, no, you can't get rid of Dubé. He's amazing. And now everybody's like, oh, my God, he's terrible. What's happened to Dylan Dubé, Matty? Uh, just kind of doesn't. He's in the doghouse and can't find a way out. Yeah, it just it seems like one of those things where. When things are not going well for you, it just sort of spirals a little bit and he's he's been having a real hard time sort of pulling himself out of that um hopefully this is a little bit of a spark the goal last night um but it, it's been it's been rough uh, gordy you got a thought on that the dubay starting to definitely feel a little benedy because like that, that that dallas playoffs like where where did that dylan dubay that go like he has never played like that before or since and he's definitely been in the doghouse with Sutter ever since he came into town. Like he's been by far his most criticized player and most penalized player, maybe other than Valimaki. So I, I think a Dylan Dubé trade was maybe imminent, maybe best for all parties. But yeah, like everything surrounding Dubé is starting to feel a lot like Bennett. Oh my God, are we going to have regular season Dubé and postseason Dubé? Is that where we're going? Like which Dubé are we getting? Hey, speaking of trades... Maddie, I'm going to take a 
well, I could take up Michael's mantle, but I'm going to put it out there. He wants to talk about he he wants Claude Giroux as a rental. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Maddie? I mean, I certainly wouldn't hate it. Um, I mean, first of all, he would have to waive his no move clause to come to Calgary. Um, but you know, things are are not going well for the Flyers right now, and I think there are more issues with the team than just a coaching change can really fix. So. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm not totally ruling out them getting back on track here, but I, I do anticipate that they're probably going to be sellers at the deadline. Um, and it, I don't know. It doesn't sound at this point like a certainty that they're going to be able to get Giroux re-signed. So uh, all of that said, I wouldn't be surprised to see if they would kind of entertain the idea of sending him to a contender. Um, and the Flames just might be a good landing spot there. If, you know, again, he decides that he would like to go. Yeah, Gordo, to add to that, or have you jump in on it, is uh, is Claude Giroux a good fit for the Flames? Do you think he'd be, you know, money-wise and everything else, does he, is he a good fit for Calgary? Yeah, he's he's definitely a player to be interested in. I'm, I don't think I'd have him as high on my list as Michael does with, I mean, how many trade candidates there seem to be out there. He seems like a big personality, and he's he's a leader on his team now, so... You know, coming into a team that has kind of a leadership by committee mentality going on right now, I'm I'm not sure it would be the best fit. But from a pure hockey standpoint, he's a really good right shot. He can one time the puck, which not many guys on the Flames can do. So from that standpoint, I'd be for it. But he's he's not my primary focus. I would say. You know, it's funny. You mentioned the one-time thing. How many one-time shots did the Flames miss and whiff on? Like the heel of the stick or just totally just bust a stick. I'd, isn't that something you would work on in practice? Like if you're not good at it, you'd think, you know, like maybe, I don't know. It's kind of working for dry sidle up the road. Maybe you give it a shot on your own. Um, Maddie, Flyers, real quick. Um, the, 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 the dumpster is on fire and it's floating down in the hurricane waters. It's on its way out. It's a hot mess in Philly. Um was the Flyers, I don't even know what it's called because I know all teams have them. Well, for lack of a better term, was the Flyers service dog taking a dump at center ice just a total symbol of what's going on with the Flyers this year? It sure was. Um, <laughs> it was not a Flyers dog, though. They don't even have a dog, which is a crime in and of itself. It was like a visiting police dog that was there for <laughs> some reason. I actually have no idea. But um, yeah, it, it was all pretty fitting. It was great. Remember when everybody got it mad at Justin Bieber for stepping on the logo in the locker room? Like, a dog took a crap on center ice. Like, like if, if that, Gordy, if that doesn't sum up how a season's going, I don't know what does, right? Like, oh, 100%. <laughs> I saw that the other day and I couldn't stop laughing. And it's like uh, Kelly, who writes for Broad Street with Maddie and uh, Steph down there, was saying she wanted to go to a uh, twinkling lights setup tonight, but she had nobody to go with. And I suggested bring that dog with you. Maybe it can take a dump on the lights and you guys will have a good time. Like, so <laughs> things not going so well in Philadelphia when the dog's crapping on center ice. Um, I guess finally we can close up um, some ugly hits uh, in the NHL over the last few days. Um, last night, the flames had one of their own. Uh, nothing came of it. Um, does anybody expect Lucic to maybe at least get a look or a call from the league? That hit was pretty ugly. I mean, I know players head was down or whatever, but that was head and neck. They like, going straight into the boards last night. Anybody have a thought on that? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets like even just a warning. Um, I feel like I have no sense of when there is actually going to be a call made. And that's a whole thing about 
uh, player safety, but yeah, I don't know. I think he should get something. Yeah, yeah Gordy, I think he got away. He got a freebie last night, right? Yeah, and there's there's absolutely no predicting what the Department of Player Safety is going to do anymore. They'll hand out a two-game suspension for one knee and then hand $5,000 out for another, suspend some slew foots, and, you know, Subban's gotten four or five fines this year for the same thing. So there's absolutely no predicting what they're going to do. You kind of just got to roll with what they decide on a given day. And, I mean, I look, we all love Lucic. I think we've all the, – the the trade at first was like, oh, God. And, like, he's really rounded himself into a good player. Like, leads. it's funny to think that, like, you put Lucic on a line to get people going. I mean, you look at how well Monaghan played last night. He looked, for the first time all season, engaged outside of his two-point night against Anaheim. Like, he looked pretty good last night. Um, but still, like, McDavid gets ejected from a game for that hit, and Lucic gets nothing for his hit. Like, I, you know, it's... I, I'm I'm at a loss with you guys too. I don't know where. I mean, I thought Manjapani was going to get something for his slew foot the other night. It, nothing comes out of that, so it's like the Flames are getting lucky. So I'm glad nobody from Calgary's been suspended or fined. But I just don't. It's kind of like goaltender interference or whatever else. It's I don't know. You know what are you going to do, right? Um, also, uh, apparently, I ruined Gordy's day the other day. Um, <laughs> he was said he was having a very very good day until I uh, tweeted something out. Um, there was a quote by, I'm going to screw up his name, so I want to make sure I get it right. It's uh, Super 70 Sports is one of my favorite Twitter accounts. It's a guy who just tweets nonsense about sports, like old 70s and 80s stuff, and it's great. And he had a question, was like, what's the worst call you've ever seen by a referee, an umpire, or official going? It, a lot of it was like football-related stuff. And I just posted the picture of uh, Jalness right there on the goal line with Tampa and I said without a doubt this is the worst call in the history of all sports and I ruined Gordy's day I'm sorry Gordy I did not mean to ruin your day there's, there's just something about the angle of that picture it's so unnatural it's it's a cursed image of the internet I despise it more than anything <laughs> and you know what's funny is I google searched that image because I wanted to find the picture for it and the first thing that came up was two years ago SB Nation had us doing a, a what if series and our what if was, what if the puck was in? And that was the first thing that popped up when you searched that Google image. So I was like, hey, all right, go Flames. And the puck was in, as Iggy said. So so that's that. Uh, Gordy, quick um, chin strap update. What's up? I just watched Austin Matthews score some goals the other night. He's celebrating, white chin strap flopping around. Looks good. Maple Leafs are playing good. If the Flames do bad at home, you know what's going on. 4-2-3 and three is a losing record, technically. <laughs> Maddie, got any thoughts on uh, Gordy's chin strap update? I, I have nothing to add to that. That's just perfect. <laughs> Fantastic. Anybody have anything they want to add before we get out of here? My day is ruined again now. <laughs> <laughs> chin straps and the puck not being in. We are not, I, not we, I am not helping Gordy at all right now. <laughs> it's mental stability. All right. Uh, Flames got the night off tonight. They are back on Thursday, taking on the Carolina Hurricanes, 7 p.m. Mountain Time, and they will round up that huge homestand against the Bruins on Saturday. Oh, Maddie, it's a 10 p.m. Eastern Time start for us on Saturday. A nice 8 p.m. Mountain Time start for the Flames. Uh, Calgary, Calgary just coming off the road, going two and two on a trip through California and Las Vegas. The Vegas curse continues. Last night, Calgary Falls to the Sharks, 5-3. to three. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can find us on Spotify, Google, 
Podcasts, and iTunes. You can also find us on the web at www.matchsticksandandgasoline.com and on Twitter and Instagram at matchstickscgy. When you're looking for this podcast, just search Matchsticks and Gasoline, and under that, you can find the Tinderbox podcast, this one, and past ones. You can find Behind Enemy Lines. You can also find Mark and Michael's musings. All kinds of interesting things for your listening pleasure. Maddie, Gordy, thank you so much for coming on. It's a wonderful afternoon to talk hockey with you guys, and thank you for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Tinderbox.